is this Benj? Hi. Hi. Hi, this is Sarah calling. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. It's a good time to talk? Yeah. Awesome. So I just got your uh, record, your package in the mail. It's really exciting for me. I, uh, you know, I only listened to the first two songs so far. So <laughs> I still haven't uh, gotten through everything. But I'm really excited because I, you know... Uh, for me, um, your music was, you know, picking outside the liquor store, working for change, right? You know, <laughs> and I guess I, I really, um, I feel younger when I listen to your music and and getting uh, during some of those like lockdowns and listening to your dancing chicken YouTube um, uh, channel. <laughs> That, that brought some joy to my life during some dark times, so I'm just going to start right off by saying thank you so much. Yeah, well, thanks for getting the record. Yeah, it's super exciting. So tell me about why you named your record Community Garden. Um, I guess, I don't know, the garden's been a nice thing for me. I've had a community this is the sixth year I've had a community garden spot at the same spot in Peterborough here and it's, I've really gotten into gardening I guess so I don't know that's one part of it also just like I don't know the stories of thinking about a bunch of like local stories and gardens that yeah well it reminds me uh, of linking everything what was that trying to I don't know the way things are in a garden and the unpredictability and heartbreak and happiness of growing stuff is, I don't know something like that that sounds really good there's this Another like thing that I was listening to during the sort of lockdown times was Fiona Apple. She's got a song about I climb like bean peens and beans, uh, and I, and I felt like you know gardening has become a big part of my life too. Uh, I have some hens, uh, and I have a lot of like you said the heartbreak. There's a lot of failure involved in my gardening journey. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think that's anyone that's like you have to learn as you go. Yeah. I only get so many seasons to figure it all out. <laughs> well, and, and so much of it is like, I mean, I had like a failure with garlic. I'd like invested $200 in seed garlic and then mm. nothing really came through. And I'm like, okay, I guess I didn't do the fertilizing of that enough or... Uh, weeding and then I also had this other like sort of gamble when I um, got some bees and they didn't last the season I had like colony collapse and I can remember this like one time that because uh, it, it got I think my hive got too wet and um, the I remember sitting at my kitchen table and seeing this like bee land on my window and thinking I wonder if that's the queen and she was like the last survivor of the hive and now all the rest of them have died and she's like okay I'm taking off to go join a new hive somewhere <laughs> like I mean these are the stories that I tell myself to think that you know it wasn't all 
for not, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, the garden. Uh, I, yeah. I know about how, uh, for me, in my garden, there's definitely been also some things that I had some early success with. Like, when I first started gardening, kale was, like, a thing that was, like, a winner for me. Um, but since then I haven't had any wins on that. So uh, (laughs) I guess like, even though I think I know, sometimes it keeps me humble. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be very humble. Yeah. And, and hopeful, right? Because like you put the seed in and you never like intend for, you know, things to not work out. Right. But Mm. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about right. making this record? What was what that what was like? Yeah. Or, um, so I don't know. I think I had the songs for. I write pretty slowly, so I was building up songs since twenty eighteen, I guess, or seventeen. And recorded it in 2020, February 2020, right before the pandemic. Um, recorded it in darkness at Joel Plaskett's studio. He produced it. And, uh, yeah, we finished up just as all the world was. All the news was coming in about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were joking about it and stuff. Like, that was the last record of the old world or something. That was the joke. <laughs> that was really cool. I, I didn't... Uh, yeah. Uh, time capsules, right? You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> the time before people were afraid of each other. Yeah. You know? Before, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, of you know, like being in a crowded small dive bar surrounded by sweaty people, you know, jamming and just dancing their hearts away, you know. Like it's it's definitely gonna be uh a long way back to that kind of like freedom because there's some things that you can't unknow, right? Like I I uh And it's just I don't know. Lots of people are getting sick now. Yeah. More than ever, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we're kind of trying to go back to it. But well, I wonder, like, I understand that there's a lot of people getting sick now, and I understand that there's more awareness now about things like, you know, bubbles and... and um, distance and you know washing your hands and wearing your mask and, and having these things like I live in a really small town and uh, generally Vancouver Island is is pretty uh, age friendly we call it that's you know it hardly snows so you never have to shovel and um, there's definitely a lot of um, maybe people who are uh immunocompromised right Right. so there's the idea of like being uh 
a caregiver and looking out for people by being like not being with them right you know and that's that's uh not generally how we ever before thought about caring for people right yeah Mm -hmm. how did you get involved with uh having joel plasquette produce your record oh um the band that i played with uh for number of years now, May Hemingways, we did a tour in 2017. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we did a tour in 2017 um, opening for Joel and his dad for their album release, Canadian tour. Mm. We opened and backed them up for that tour, so we did a lot we've done a lot of shows and we first met him through the Peterborough Folk Festival the Folk Festival hired him and he came and played and we were playing uh, an after party or something at the spill and he came down and saw us and and uh, we met him and stuff and then he phone kind of out of the blue a couple of years later wow and we got that so we got that job which is very cool yeah yeah it's you know i know that one of the things that like i don't have a lot of music on my computers i'm pretty like old-fashioned i'm gonna probably listen to the vinyl more than the cds but um i do have a scrappy happiness uh, the extended edition or whatever, like the part that when you buy the CD, then it comes with like a little code where you download things. And so like one of the only songs on my computer is this like extra version of Scrappy Happiness that he had as part of uh, that record. And it's like funny how, um, you know, my... <laughs> My musical taste is is pretty, um, yeah, I guess old-fashioned, you know. I There was this lady who had a estate sale, and I went and got every single one of her um, Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton records, and every single one of her Johnny Cash records, and she had a few of these, like 33s too, and wow. so now my... My 10-year-old, she, she just turned 10, so we had a birthday for her, and with all her friends, we're putting on this 33, and it's like, uh, video killed the radio star, and Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. And, like, for me, this is, like, giving her a little taste of how music was for me when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Those are great songs for kids. <laughs> I guess not so much a kid at 10, but... Um, but yeah, well, probably like Yeah, it's not all just baby beluga, right? You know, actually, my yeah, yeah. the the kid who's ten now, yeah, here I guess she's not a kid. Now she's a young person, but uh, the she's loved the Beatles since like the very beginning. She had like a um imaginary friend that she called Nowhere Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you know, it's like, and I remember too, even before she was like really verbal, and she had like, you know, yeah, mom and food and potato, guacamole were some of her first words. But before she even like had sentences, I remember one time her telling me, um. Oh, what did she say? It's a Neil Young song lyric. It's keep on rocking in the free world, mom. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of new songs that I don't know. Um, and that's okay. You know, <laughs> I don't need to be the most modern up to date person. Um, and I, and I guess, uh, you know, keeping keeping one foot in this, like, you know, what is of now, and then sort of one foot in this, like, where it was before, or how we treated each other, like, just sort of coming back to the pandemic, and with a lot of people getting sick now, there's definitely, um, I want to believe that we can have a society that we'll come back to a place where we can sort of like have hugs and handshakes and build trust in like a person to person way. Um, but also I can really understand the value of virtual work now. Right. You know, like I, I'm trying not to be as much of a Luddite as is my first inclination. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, that was kind of the same with me when the pandemic happened. I was like, oh, I better figure out computers. And that's how the whole streaming thing came about. Well, I guess that was why I wanted to figure out computers. But just getting into what computers can do, yeah, with the pandemic, I guess. Yeah, and you really went for it because you had, like, two camera setups and, like... You know, like, and the way that you're, like, bringing stamping and, like, sort of, like, older technologies to, like, a new medium, I feel like is really, um, it's, it's helping people understand what comes before, right? You know, like, I've heard that vinyl is a, a re-emerging trend, um, but, you know, the people who have had like, you know, the 10-year-olds out there have never had a world where that was only, like, I guess I just think about, like, continuously bringing things back to, like, the ground floor, or even the subterranean level, where it's like, well, before people had printers, they had stamps, you know, they would carve stamps out of potatoes, and then they would make, you know, posters that way, and I, yeah. it, it feels really um, foundational. Yeah, bringing the analog even though it's like so digital yeah that's kind of nice yeah well and I know like some of your songs that you're like doing for your dancing chicken streaming uh, was a lot of um, you know folk songs right yeah that's yeah I was just doing like that's the stuff I would do like busking that's my busking sort of repertoire I guess, uh, yeah, a lot of it's instrumental, uh, sort of fiddle accordion, like 
tune-based things, folk tune-based things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, Jingle Bells and these, like, old songs that tell stories. I remember on one, it was like the somebody who was playing with you was talking about, like, how the origin of Jingle Bells was about... Um, where there were no roads and like when things all freeze up then you can go pretty much in any direction you want on your ski on your sled on your horse-drawn sled and the jingle bells to let people know that you were coming like four you know (laughs) I love it I love how um there's so many stories in in old songs and Mm -hmm. and I yeah I don't know. This is the busking repertoire and then the songwriting and the gardening and the learning computers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the life. It's the life, yeah. Well, this is this is the life that we're in now, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's definitely, I know that a lot of musicians have been, uh, and, and other kinds of artists, um, have been really hit hard because there was just less, like less events equals less you know, traffic, right? Less, if you're busking at the the farmer's market, but the farmer's market is shut down, then there's definitely like a, a this is like the saddest word to use, but it's like the ways that people are like creatively pivoting to find new ways to reach audiences. And like this podcast that I started, I started when I got a, a claim to be the small community rep on um, a provincial board, the UBCM. And I just wanted to sort of show my work and learn something new. Like I was in filmmaking once upon a time. And so creating things is not new to me. But creating things with these new tools is. Yeah. And I know that it, it's it been really a challenge uh, to kind of, I don't know, reinvent myself as a digital person. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that um doing the the Sunday morning uh shows, I guess. Did you find that that was something that helped you keep your, you know, chops and <laughs> or or even just like from building to like when you recorded Community Garden pre-pandemic and then in March when, you know, the kind of world shut down, I know for myself, I started doing more things online than I did before. And that was like a way to maintain my sort of social life or put myself out there in a way that I would have previously done in person. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was a way to sort of keep continue my practice, which is a lot of performance-based. And... It's a lot of performance-based work, I guess, is what I have been doing. So sort of having a schedule or sort of having a place to be was a bit of making 
some normalcy for myself as well as keeping my practice going. So, yeah, I was, uh, you know, sort of trying to be, like, stubborn and just keep going, sort of. Yeah. Even though uh, finding some way to keep going stubbornly, I guess. Yeah, well, I think about, like, a river... It, like, rum, runs into, like, a mountainside, and a bit of the water sort of erodes at that rock, and then a bit of it turns and goes somewhere else, changes direction, and I, yeah, keep going, you know? Like, yeah. how how long have you been playing music? Well, I mean... It's kind of all I've done since I got out of high school, so... Uh, a long time. <laughs> I, uh... 20 years. <laughs> yeah, well, and this is, like, a thing. I turned 40 uh, during the lockdown, and um, that was, you know, uh, a good reason to go to bed early, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> But I also, like, I'm, I, when I was a kid, I played music. I went to piano lessons, but I never really had the practice that you have in the sense that I, um, <laughs> I guess I'd just rather read books and be quiet. Um, and the, the doing of the podcast and the talking to myself and the reading books into the podcast and then attending all these webinars about whatever and sort of just like trying to document the the goals that I would want to bring to my community or um, my region and how, uh, I don't know, perform, the politics is the thing you perform too, right? You know, the handshaking yeah. and the campaigning yeah. and the um, being <laughs> a good debater. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, well, it, you, even if you're a bad debater and you don't really know how to, um, you know, be persuasive, uh, part of it is, is showing up, you know, and is just about like listening, engaging, you know, there's a lot of ways that, um, the world has gotten, you know, bigger and smaller at the same time with, uh, with you know, um, virtual work and how a lot of people's work did sort of shift to online. But there was a lot of things that really couldn't be shifted, right? You know, like when you're a musician and your uh, whole career uh, is built on having shows, then, you know, um, shows being a thing that is, like, now outlawed, it really, like, creates, I don't know, a creative bottleneck, right? There's the, um, mm -hmm. the ways in which we can't go the way that we used to go, and so then it creates, like, a new way. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's still being, it's a pretty big work in progress. So. 
currently, yeah. like we're trying, I guess we're trying to pretend like everything's normal even though it's not and everything, so we'll see, like, I mean, I'm doing shows, but we're trying to, like, be safe at shows, mm-hmm. ask people to do, so, yeah. But yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, without that, I don't know, it's pretty strange. And this isn't your first yeah. record, so you have had other records with maybe other bands. Is, is this your first solo record? Yeah. Yeah, it's really... I've always kind of worked as band, in a band, but I've always written. So the Mayhem in ways, I was, I was writing those records too, so... In a way, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's your name on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird putting your name on it, for sure. Yeah, I know. I, when, but, I, yeah. when I did fundraising to put uh, my face on a sticker, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, oh, real like Sarah, you know? Like, yeah. I, I've really, like, you know... Um, it's a strange ego that comes out in that person, sort of the the performing person versus who I really am. And I've even had like people come up to me and, oh, I know you from Facebook. And I'm like, oh, well, you don't really know me. You just know the performing part of me, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's weird, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's nice playing in bands with a name. You can separate yourself from that. Yeah. I don't know. Figured, well, as well just do this. Everyone else does it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to be the last on the turnip truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I do want to be the last because I want to make sure that everyone else gets on, you know, and gets their share and gets a piece or something, you know. Sometimes there's the tortoise, you know, the yeah. slowest, and the, the one who's sort of bringing up the rear, and there's the hare that's like, you know, all right, let's get on this new thing. It's so cool. And <laughs> I definitely don't really maybe know how to be the person in the middle, but I can be the two extremes, right? This <laughs> And uh so tell me about what songwriting is like. So is it like something that in your life that inspires you, like, you know, working in the garden or um failing in the garden? Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's a practice too. It's, but as well, I sort of tend to do that when everything, I've just been so performance-based for a lot of my life, I guess, that I almost start, used to start writing when I got sick of the songs I was performing and I wanted better songs. So that was sort of, thing that got me going on it. I'm always kind of constantly writing, but um, finishing songs is something I sort of have to force myself to sit down and do. Mm. 
it starts as a little like yeah, inspiration, little, and then it the yeah. Little spark of inspiration, and then all the all that perspiration after. <laughs> and the the finishing of it, right? You know, it's easy to yeah. to uh, hear the the gun and start the race, and you know, start strong and run off and. You know, oh, I'm just waving my net and catching and hoping to catch some butterflies and inspiration, shooting stars that happen to fly my way. But the whole like um, pulling in the rear, you know, and and pushing. Yeah, I uh, I really relate to the idea of not having always the um, the energy to sort of finish things or the um, the perspiration, yeah, like you said. The, you sort of, that's the work. Yeah. Um, you know, is to get them done. So. Yeah. It's like where there's the endurance factor, right? Yeah. It's easy to start things, but it's, uh, and, and I think that that sort of like goes for me with gardening too, where, you know, when it's, pea day and I'm sowing my peas and I'm so excited and I put it all down and then I come back later and I see all the sprouts are sort of snipped off. We have a lot of slugs here in the west and yeah. uh, I I've been known to just like pick them up and throw them out onto the road even though as soon as I go back in the house it would probably just like climb up off the road and come into my house or come into my garden again but then you know, it's like um, uh, not um, losing hope or faith in in the in the actual harvest of a pea. You know, and and just like not getting like easily tripped up on the the first few obstacles or barriers. Yeah. 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 It always seems so hopeful this time of year in the garden. Or it's sort of like there's no weeds. It's not overgrown yet. It's like clearly defined. And then it's at midsummer. It's just like wild. Yeah, the chaos is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and and before that, the calm before the storm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to grow? Yeah, I mean, I I guess um, the most consistent successes I've had, I'm sorry to say this because you said you had a garlic trouble, but uh, garlic yeah. is pretty, uh, it seems pretty easy to me. I guess, like, it's one thing my mom taught me how to grow, so I sort of just, feel like I know what to do and it's always worked out pretty well. Do you rotate it? Yeah. Because I've heard that you can't plant it too many place, too many times in the same place because it, like, I don't know, leaves some kind of residue in the soil or something. Yeah. You do I try to rotate most things, but I don't know how often because we don't have that many spaces to put it in. I just do it one year here, one year there. 
Who knows? I haven't had a problem yet. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, you can get some pretty bad problems. I think we've just been lucky. <laughs> having any like bad blight problems for sure. Yeah. Well, what did your mom teach you about growing it? Pardon? What did your mom teach you about growing it? I don't know. She didn't do much. She just put it in and mulched it. Mm. <laughs> well. Mulch is no, uh but I got the seed from her so she she had the good I don't know, it's just worked so far. Well and when the more you grow the seed, the more acclimatized it is to where the specific region is you're growing it in, right? And and I guess I think yeah. too that like mulch is a way of life, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess you know, compost and mulch. Yeah. Well, Benj, I am so glad you could make some time for me because I, you know, this this podcast has really changed and been a lot of different things and I don't really even know what it is anymore. Sometimes I, you know, read books and sometimes I um I am coming to like 50 episodes in this season so that's almost like one per week and sometimes it sort of feels like I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel and just trying to show up and just trying to you know like be um prove that I'm doing work (laughs) and uh and I don't really know how to measure success on you know because I, I often don't really, um, money alone is not a real measure of success for me, you know, because I could buy garlic in the store, but um, that's not what I want to do, you know. I want to mm-hmm. see it uh, get bigger under, you know, my care, and I want to see how um, people are kind of, you know, inspired or feel like they can do hard things too whether that's you know play music and like um or you know put their name on a ballot and run for municipal office because Mm -hmm. I do really um hope that some young people are sort of like think that because I have this is just my first term but you know by putting your name out there and putting your name on, you know, your work and going solo record and, you know, showing up and, and taking the hits and, and feeling the the losses, but then still feeling like pretty committed to the process, I guess, you know, like I've planted lots of things that didn't work out and I could go on and on about those things, the losses and the grief. Um, But I get that, uh, it's probably more inspiring to talk about the the success. So I have this huge kiwi uh, vine that's growing all over like my front yard. And even though I don't get a lot of kiwis out of it, it's growing well. You know, it's happy where it is. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just shocked that you can, you can grow kiwi there. I guess I'm not really because it's the island, but... That's pretty amazing. It's a hardy kind, and they're small, like, okay. grapes. 
So they're not like uh, the kiwi that we would buy in the grocery store from Australia or from New Zealand. It's like a small little grape kiwi. And we've had one or two. Do you like those ones in the grocery store? Have you seen them? No. No, they're... Fuzzy? Yeah, fuzzy on the outside. And, uh, you know, yellow or green, depending on how ready they are. Um, The gooseberries do really well also, um, but nobody really likes to eat them. So (laughs) I have to, you know, make a sauce or something like that. And... And then also they're they're tricky to pick because they're thorny. Like here on the island, blackberries just grow like wild. And so if I made, you know, a, a business or a career or, a, you know, identity of, of picking, picking blackberries in the wild and, and delivering them or bringing them to people who maybe couldn't pick them themselves, that would be maybe more of a quantitative success. But... Uh, we also have a few fig trees that we've been trying to grow. And we had a fig tree in our uh, greenhouse and we had to move it because it was not putting out any fruit. The fruit were really hard uh, that it did put out and it wasn't getting like, I don't know if it was sun or if it was water because it was enclosed, but it was quite watered. But, um, you know, I find the the best things that I'm growing now are things that are bulbs. So garlic is not one of the things that I have success with, but a lot of flowers. I grow a lot of flowers now. And um, this is, even though something I don't eat, it's um, a different way for me to measure the joy and to sort of prioritize the joy and sort of feel like... Um, feel like the dancing and the singing and the the fun parts are um they're there they're not gone yeah 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 flowers are great i'm getting into flowers i never really got growing flowers i'm starting to figure that out well and i and i flowers Things start out as, like, peas start out as flowers. Apples start out as flowers, right? I really like the kinds of, um, like, kale and broccoli that goes to flower afterwards, and you can still eat the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, the island is, like, pretty mild, so, um, the thing that, like... For us, we had a good year of potatoes, good year of tomatoes last year. Um, but it, the season abruptly ends because it just starts raining and then everything gets moldy. So it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, so it's like slow. Is there not a lot of intense heat there or something? Well, last year there was a heat dome. Oh. And that was like... I was in Ontario at the time, but in June there was... a. A lot of heat, a lot of intense heat, and uh, a lot of, you know, it was maybe good for some gardeners, uh, but other gardeners I'd heard had, like, their blueberries just um, sort of cooking on the bush. They didn't even really get harvested because they were just, like, turned to kind of squishy bush right on the, like, cooked right while they were still trying to grow, and... uh, a lot of people in BC don't have air conditioning, so right. um, 
a lot of water sources dried up too. I knew somebody else who grows, um, she's an elected person on the Sunshine Coast like me, and she um, said that her municipality had to go on water restrictions, so she had to stop watering her garden because it was like, we just need water for drinking, flushing, not for growing. So that's been something that's really interesting is like prioritizing those main inputs right? Mm-hmm. I think that for me, the main inputs that I prioritize are, you know, old friends, people that I knew before I lived in the West or people that I uh, have been inspired by. You know, I bought myself an accordion. I don't play it very much, only when I'm angry and I really need to make a lot of noise. Nice. But, uh, you know, it, it does sort of like, what was that? a pretty cathartic instrument yeah it feels like a release right (laughs) and as but like i learned to play the violin when i was younger but i was never very good at reading music and i learned to play the piano also and the piano too i really like to you know smash it out a little especially when we have power outages because it's the only thing that works in the house and so i just go through my entire repertoire (laughs) and uh that's what i see some improvements sometimes because i'm just like there's no other distractions all i get is row your boat over and over and over again (laughs) i um i don't want to keep you too long i'm i've already recorded 41 minutes of this conversation and i I'm really grateful just to like, I'm, it's probably going to come out in October uh, because I'm prioritizing my joy in the sense that as it's a re-election year for me and I'm trying to, I, I took this course and it was, they're like, okay, so find these volunteers that are going to help you go door knocking or, you know, people for fundraising for, um, you know, getting stickers with their face on it and that kind of thing. And uh and also have someone who is your designated joy division, right? You know, you're the person who's like, oh, it's been really hard day on the campaign trail. And what can you do to, you know, lift your spirits? And I think that, you know, uh, you've been that for me with your dancing chicken stuff uh, during so this like pretty lonely time in a lonely place. And so I'll ask you. As we sort of go out, I'm going to put your record on. Which uh, which song would you like me to play uh, on the end of this uh, Waterfell podcast? Um, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe the ballad of the pig's ear. It's the second track on the record. Side A. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you want to go? Auburn in Peterborough. Yeah. Is, is, is the Pigs your place in Peterborough? Yeah. It was, a, it was like a bar and music venue, but it's now closed, so it was kind of a, yeah. One of those a, special memories? Yeah, sort of a, Goodbye to that place. Mm. A ballad. Those yeah. sad stories. I um when I have been in Peterborough, I 
mostly remember uh, the food that Food Not Bombs would make that was in the Civic Hall there in the like very opening. Rochelle oh, yeah, yeah. would make food and just, you know, hand it out to people and yeah, that I don't I didn't really spend a lot of time in Pierder Row when I went there. It was mainly for the sap oil and keen, but I really you know even though I don't could never grow enough food to give it away or even to meet my own needs, I feel like you no, know, I got point one of an acre and we got some hens and we get the eggs but then the like weasels come and kill them and there's definitely like i i tend to get stuck in those dark clouds and not the silver linings i tend to sort of focus on the problems and the challenges of things and the sad parts but i also know that you know 20 years ago i guess uh you're like playing at the dakota tavern in toronto and you're singing a song about ocean bound and now I live on the ocean, right? And I just feel like there's strange ways that those hard parts or those sad songs or those like gray clouds, they they're beautiful too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put the song on. Thank you so much, Benj. Yeah, thanks for um, asking me. Anytime. Yeah, it's been really, uh, you know, a bit of a walk down memory lane and a bit of a scratching the surface into a a, a song maker, you know, and a very talented musician. I I know that um, being performance based is kind of like, you know, there's ways. There's there's there's. Uh, I don't want to say masks, but there's definitely, you know, um, I guess veils, you know, there's the, the thing that people can see from the back row. Maybe that's the outfit that we put on. And then there's the, like the closer things that you can really get a taste of when you are listening to the same song on repeat over and over again. And you can really like pick up the subtleties. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Benj. I'm going to start this song. Okay. Great. Thanks. Um, is that it? You're bumping my hand. What was that? Hello? Hi. We're still here. Yeah. We're still recording. I think it's just the end of the first song now. Let me turn the rack, but volume up. Is this the right one?
don't. Oh wait, maybe. One, two, three. One, two, three. On.
cracking up. After the show, getting stuff in the van, ready to hit the road. When a guy that smelled like he had a couple beers comes up and starts talking right off my ear, I said, Hey, can't you read the shirts? He says, Don't approach the introvert.